Aloha, everyone. Good morning. Wow, what an honor to be here this morning with you. Hi. Oh, I'm shorter. <laughs> I just want to thank the Blue Water leadership for giving me this opportunity to come and share with you today. And thanks so much for my mom and dad being here today. My best friend Pam and my husband Jason, thank you so much. <laughs> and also, mahalo to each of you. You know, you showed up. And I don't know what you went through to get here, but you made it. I made it. So let's do this. <laughs> So we've been going through this, this series called the Everyday Bible, and we read a passage and ask ourselves, well, what is this about? Um, what bugs me about this? And how do I apply that into my life? It's pretty straightforward, but can we take a step back? Like, what do you do if the Bible itself bugs you? Is that okay to say up here? <laughs> Anyone else feel that way? Oh, okay, all right, all right. So I'm not gonna get into all of like my issues, the nitty gritty of that, but the gist of it is, you know, I didn't live during the time the events of the Bible took place, right? I didn't actually meet these people and know them personally. And I definitely do not speak Hebrew or Greek, which I think was what the original text was written in, right? I think, maybe? Okay, thumbs up from Jordan. All right, I'm okay. <laughs> so is it obvious I'm not a Bible scholar? I am not going to teach you anything today, okay? And this is not a sermon. Is that all right with you guys? I'm just gonna share my story. So let me give you a little bit of context about my issues with the Bible. I, a little background on me. I grew up in Hawaii, and my, bro my brother and I grew up attending church. And we did all the churchy things, like Sunday school and youth group. We went to mission trips, discipleship training, we were on the worship team. It was really fun. I listened to my leaders and was a follower of Jesus. I even wore one of those Jesus fishes around my neck in high school, like regularly. I felt like, you know, I knew what this was about. College was a little different. I went to school in Boston and it started off pretty good. But then you get to that point when you actually have to figure out what am I gonna do for the rest of my life, right? And not waste my parents' money. Thank you again so much. <laughs> so no, I should not major in art and become 
a starving artist, even though that's what I really want to do, not the starving part. So instead, I should be an engineer, even though I really don't like that, but I'm running out of semesters, and I have to decide, so let's just hope for the best. And it got really ugly. So that, that internal conflict I had triggered some really severe depression for the first time in my life and anxiety. And I had to take a leave of absence from school because I just could not get myself to go to my classes. I was just like stuck in fear. And I actually got some Fs on my transcript. Okay, wait, I forgot to mention, in high school, I was class president, junior and senior year, and I went to Iolani. I was a super high achiever. Compare that to Fs on my transcript. I thought I was done, like a complete failure. I remember one night in my dorm, sitting on my floor. It was my senior year, and I wasn't going to be able to graduate with my class. I was bawling my eyes out and feeling just worthless and hopeless and just pleading to God, if you're really real, I need you to prove it. Right now, all those miracles that I used to read about in the Bible, God, I need one right now. And nothing happened. And that broke me. Like, I was done. I felt like I had been lied to my whole life. Like, Maybe God wasn't real after all. And maybe this, not for me. This was the start of a very rocky young adult season of my life. I had ups and downs, but mostly downs, and it was really hard. Fast forward a decade or so, and I had one of the best ups of my life. I met my husband, Jason Kim. So it's a long story, but we met, we start dating, and then I discover he really loves God. He's like in it deep, okay? I learned that he reads the Bible regularly because he wants to. Okay, so I wasn't there, okay? <laughs> so one day, he asks if I want to check out Blue Water Mission. He'd never been, and he'd always wanted to check it out. And I'm like, ugh, okay. So I remember coming into this very gym and sitting on one of these blue chairs and looking around and just 
rolling my eyes. Because church was exactly how I left it. Same setup, stage, chairs, announcements, lecture, I mean, message. Same old system of deluding weak-minded people to believe in something that was not real. Is anyone feeling uncomfortable? Okay, hang in there. I'm going somewhere with this. So Jason and I were sitting in the service like you are, and Jordan was finishing up his message. Then he invites these very normal, regular-looking people to come to the stage and then ask them to share what's God been telling you during the service. And one by one, they start calling out like different people, like, um, Woman in the green shirt by the door, um, I feel like you might be in a transition and maybe you've been reading the Bible more lately. Um, God wants to tell you to keep it up and I'd love to pray for you after service. Or he'd point someone else out. Um, gentleman in the red shirt, um, think maybe you have an injury in the bottom like bottom part of your body. God wants to heal that, and um, I'd love to pray for you after. So I'm listening to this, and I'm like, what is going on? You mean these people are praying to God, and he's talking back to them with like very specific things? Like specific, like Bible specific, right? But these were regular people, not like Bible famous people. So I was pretty intrigued and Jason and I kept coming back week after week. And eventually we explored Ohana groups where we actually met some of these very regular people we went up to the prayer line after service. We asked them to ask God, well, what's he saying about us? There's also something called a sozo ministry here where people help facilitate a dialogue between you and God. So I signed up for one. And for the first time in my life, I had a two-way conversation with God. Little old me, remember, I totally gave up on him. I'm going to share a few of the things that I heard during that session. They write down the things for you so you can take it home. And Patty wrote this for me, so thank you, Patty. Jesus, oh, this is February 7th, 2019. Jesus wants to give you real food. It's okay. You don't have to eat the whole thing. You can just nibble. 
With just a breath from God and Jesus, the mountain can unhinge. Jesus' goal is to take off the mountain so he can give you a kiss. He wants you to know he loves you. And you can trust in his love for you. Okay, let's stop for a second. I did not hear an audible voice. Okay, nothing like spooky happened. I just trusted these facilitators and I don't know guys, maybe I'm cuckoo. Maybe they were all cuckoo, I don't know. But what happened in that Sozo session changed my life. Remember how I said the Bible bugs me? I guess I was realizing that the Bible bugged me all these years because this Bible wasn't real to me, right? God talks to all these special people in the Bible, but not me. But now I had like some kind of evidence that, okay, maybe he really does talk to me. Maybe he really does love me because he told me so. Like Jesus said that just now. Let me paint a picture for you, okay? Imagine your wedding day and you're looking into the eyes of your forever lover and they're sharing their vows with you and they hand you a beautiful leather-bound, gold-rimmed book. And they say, Dear, I recorded all my thoughts about you. I've documented our entire story together. I've even written you poetry and songs. I present this book to you, my love, with all my heart. And after this moment, you'll never see or hear from me again. Goodbye. Oh, heck no, right? That's ridiculous. What's ridiculous I found was that I lived so many years of my life thinking that's what God's love for me was. But after learning how to spend time with God, I felt like I could actually open the Bible again. And when I did, I nibbled, just a nibble, on 1 Corinthians 13, which is the passage I want to highlight today. I'm finally getting to the scripture, you guys. Yay. <laughs> so I did look up a little backstory to this passage, which you can do as well using the Google. Paul wrote this letter to the people in the church he helped set up in a place called Corinth. 
Did I get that right? Yeah? Okay, thumbs up. Woo! All right. If, if you want more info, you can look it up yourself. So, <laughs> claps from the senior pastor. So they had been experiencing all these incredible supernatural giftings, like miraculous healing and prophecy. And while that was happening, they were having what you might call really bad churchy drama. Okay, like, like so-and-so just prophesied accurately like 10 out of 10 times, so they're way better than you. I just healed 10 people straight, so I am way more legit. Get out of my face. By the way, that was a paraphrase. So let's see how Paul responds to this drama in verses 1 to 3. Speaking in tongues is not the point. Love is. It's neither celestial, angelic eloquence, nor the mastery of human language that persuades. It doesn't matter how poetic, prophetic, or profound I may sound. My conversation is reduced to the hollow noise of clanging brass cymbals if love's echo is absent. I could predict the future in detail and have a word of knowledge for everyone. I could possess amazing faith and prove it by moving mountains. It doesn't make me any more important than anyone else. Love is who you are. You are not defined by your gifts or deeds. Love is not about defending a point of view. Even if I am prepared to give away everything I have and die a martyr's death, love does not have to prove itself by acts of supreme devotion or self-sacrifice. For the rest of the chapter, Paul goes on to share these characteristics of love. As many of you are familiar, love is patient, love is kind. You can go read that later, okay? I want to focus on these first three verses. Guys, what if I told you that if any of you needs healing from God, that he's going to do it right now? What if I said, that burning question that you've been having, that you're, you've been asking God again and again, what if I said he's going to answer it today? What if all of a sudden we saw angels right now in the flesh with our naked eyes just popping up Live stream, we'd break the internet, right? That would be a trip. I want to see these amazing things happen. 
I've actually prayed in faith with some of you for that very healing that you're asking for. And what I love about Paul is he's reminding us that even if those amazing things happen, that love is the point of it. God loves you. God loves you. God loves you. He wants you to know, he wants me to know that no matter what amazing or terrible thing that happens, his love never fails. About a year and a half ago, I actually trained up and joined the Sozo team. As one of the team members, I got to be a part of people having an incredible, life-changing experience by simply having a chat with Jesus. In one of these sessions, I was asking God to, okay, what, is there anything you want to tell this client? And I started to kind of get the impression of the word hands, hands. So I was like, his hands, your hands, what about hands? I didn't get much more. So I mustered up all the courage I could and I put it out there. Um, I feel like there's something maybe about hands. And the person started trembling and weeping. And after they had settled down, they explained that that word was something so specific and so personal to them and God, something they hadn't told another soul. This intimacy of relationship, the truth that God sees you and loves you, to know that God is love, that's what Paul is saying is the bottom line. And that's what I want. And honestly, I don't choose it all the time. But every time I do, God is faithful in his love for me. And it is always what I need. Thank you for allowing me to share today. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for being all about love. Thank you for wanting to love us always. Thank you for the adventure of awakening to this truth and thank you that your love 
brings power and purpose to each of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.